Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 214 is entitled, Simon, a Man of Cyrene. Only a few words describe Simon, a man of Cyrene. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. Matthew twenty-seven thirty-two. In Mark, we find a little more information. And they compelled one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country of the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. Mark fifteen twenty-one. Luke adds one more small detail. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. Luke twenty three twenty six. Sixteen verses are given to Simon the sorcerer, who tried to buy the gift of God with money, but only three verses are given to Simon, a man of Cyrene. In Matthew, we learn that Simon was from Cyrene and that he was compelled to bear the cross. In Mark, we learn that Simon came out of the country, that he was the father of Alexander and Rufus. And finally, in Luke, we learn that he was made to bear the cross behind Jesus. No one would want to trade places with Simon the sorcerer, but I suppose every Christian would like to trade places with the anonymous Simon, a man of Cyrene. Though few would match the high drama of Simon, a man of Cyrene, who carried the cross of the Savior of the world, perhaps all of us have had defining moments in our lives, which, following, nothing was ever the same. My personal opinion is that Simon was ordained to that high calling in the eternities before he even came to earth. There is precedent. The Lord said to the prophet Jeremiah, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5. What would a prophet of the stature of Jeremiah have in common with an obscure country boy named Simon? Well, more than meets the eye. Both were sent to earth at a pivotal time in history. During Jeremiah's time, the Jews were destroyed by war and taken captive into Babylon. Jeremiah himself was rejected by his own people because he didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. During Simon's time, Jesus Christ offered himself as a sacrifice to not only save Simon, but to save the whole world. Simon was not at that crossroads to carry the cross of Christ by accident, or coincidence, or chance. He was there by the design of the Almighty God to assist the Savior of the world in his divine mission. Now I ask, how is Simon different than us? Is there ever a time when Christ does not need our assistance in his great work? Are we not all an extension of his hands? Does he not work through his children when extending a helping hand? In addition, 
we have the witnesses of the birth of Christ. Matthew records the story of the three wise men of the East. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the East to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, Bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, and when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Luke records the miraculous stories of three other witnesses. First, there are shepherds on the night of the birth of Christ, who besides Joseph and Mary were the first witnesses of the birth of Christ. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And the next witness of Christ was Simeon. His visit to the temple on the day Mary and Joseph brought the Christ child to present him before the Lord was no accident. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, 
waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And then the next witness, Anna, who was also in the temple that day. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asser. She was of a great age, and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, when departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Can anyone doubt that even before they were born, those witnesses were ordained to that special mission? However, notice how they were prepared for that day. Simeon, for example, was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit, into the temple. Anna was in the temple every day. She was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day, and she coming in that instant. Not all, of course, are born to high drama. However, doesn't it seem logical that all of God's children were foreordained to some special service in God's kingdom on earth? And if we are just and devout like Simeon, and faithful like Anna, we too will be led by the Spirit to be in the right place at the right time. Our service may be invisible to the world, but what of that? Nothing is invisible to God. After all, Simon, the nameless wise men, the obscure shepherds, Simeon, and Anna were ordinary people of no great fame, yet they served a very important mission. But there is one thing that is common to all of them. They were prepared to receive the Savior, and they were prepared to perform the service to which they were called. Their own hearts were pure. Their moment was dramatic, but brief. It is symbolic. We do not serve God in one dramatic moment, and that's the end of it. Like Anna, we should always be prepared to serve Him, and thousands of opportunities will fall into our path. The world can speak for the world and draw its own conclusions. 
But how logical is it that every Christian who knows the mission of Christ also has a mission to bear witness of Christ and to assist Christ in his work? One thing is certain that we can all do, and that is ourselves try to be more Christ-like. It may not be as dramatic as Simon, a man of Cyrene, but what if it is just as important? Is not bearing his cross helping our neighbor? We don't have to have our name in the paper or written in the history books. There is a record book, however, where we do want our name. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Revelation 20.12 What's more, how do we know that like Jeremiah and like Simon, the country boy from Cyrene, the Lord will not one day say to every Christian, in fact to every one of his children, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee. What is it that the Lord has ordained you to do? Are you Christian by chance? Was Jeremiah sent to Israel by chance? Was Simon on the road to Golgotha by chance? Is anyone on earth by chance? God never works by chance. We have free will. We have agency. Therefore, we may create a world of confusion. But God is never confused. We do not live in an accidental universe. Only a godless people would claim that. There is more to the story of Simon, a man of Cyrene, who was compelled to bear Christ's cross than at first appears. Christ had to bear the sins of the world. Simon only had to bear the burden of a heavy wooden cross for a short distance. But at the same time, Simon represents each of us. On the one hand, Simon's compelled sacrifice cannot be compared to the cross that Christ had to bear. On the other hand, Simon probably received his salvation because of that brief divine suffering. Christ said, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Matthew 10:38. As with Simon, so with us. The cross we must bear for him cannot be compared with the cross that Christ had to bear for us. However, if we endure it well, though it be but a short duration, Christ will save us and give us joy forever. Free grace refers to that part of Christ's atonement that, no matter how hard we try, we can never do for ourselves. Christ wants to remove our burdens from our shoulders by forgiving us for our sins, so that we do not have to carry around the burden of our sins. Like Simon, only a small sacrifice is required of us. For Simon, a man of Cyrene, it was a heavy wooden cross. For Jesus Christ, the Savior and Redeemer of all mankind, it was the weight of the sins of the entire world. Simon carried the cross of Christ a little way, but it was Christ who lifted the heavy cross from Simon's shoulders. Because he was lifted upon the cross on the hill Calvary to bear the sins of the world, Our sins can be forgiven, and our burden lightened. Simon, a man of Cyrene, only had to bear the heavy cross up the hill of Calvary. Our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, had to be lifted on the cross at Calvary. Simon, the man of Cyrene, suffered a few blisters, perhaps even a splinter or two. But the Savior had his hands and feet nailed to the cross, and a spear thrust into his side. Simon the man of Cyrene went to his home afterwards and put salve on his wounds. 
Our wounded Savior was offered vinegar and went to the grave that he may be the balm that heals all mankind. No earthly analogy is sufficient to distinguish the short sufferings that Simon, the man of Cyrene, who symbolizes all of us, had to bear and all the suffering that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had to bear. If, like Christian in Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, we lay our burdens at the feet of Christ, our burdens will also be light. It is a burden because we must sacrifice to become disciples of Christ. It is light because all our sins are forgiven. The weight of sin is far heavier than the weight of personal sacrifice. Carrying sin is a kind of slavery. Christ sacrificed his life to lift the burden of sin and free us from captivity. Repentance is rebellion against Satan. Forgiveness is a gift of God that comes to all who come to Christ. Imagine the joy one would have who comes to Christ. Then imagine the greater joy if one also brought others to Christ. Christ said, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.